This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not lying to you about gay rights. Joe Biden gives a big speech at the White House yesterday. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and we will discuss just absurd claims by the president and Corrine Jean-Pierre about the state of tolerance in this country. This is total crap. It really is. A lot of people feel that way, including Florida Congressman Byron Donalds, who joins us today from the 19th Congressional District. We'll also have some uh, some radio time with the Human Happy Hour. Outnumbered co-host, legal mastermind Emily Campagno, who won a Spotlight Award for her humanitarian efforts here in the Fox News building yesterday. Uh, Emily will give some type of an acceptance speech. Hopefully she doesn't, you know, drone on for too long. We don't have a big tolerance for that sort of stuff. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Exactly. Uh, but you're always, always welcome in here at 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. We don't care how you vote. We don't care what you believe. We, we don't really care about anything, to be honest with you. Just don't be a <laughs> That is all. Happy Wednesday. Here we go. I was on Laura Ingram last night. We had a good time. If you missed it, uh, it'll be posted on the Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, tomorrow, uh, you will see me on with Harris Faulkner, and I'll be on the Sean Hannity Show tomorrow night. And then, of course, we are, yeah, Bill Hemmer just stopped by to give the troops a shout-out. Oh, a lot of things. <laughs> there it was. A live curveball. I was talking to Hemmer at a holiday party last night. And I was talking to him about how uh, one of my favorite things about doing live radio is it reminds me of stand-up. You just never know when someone's going to drop a drink tray or bachelorette party's going to, you know, start blowing their penis-shaped noisemakers. <laughs> and we had a good laugh about it last night at a holiday party. Well, lo and behold, Hemmer just saw me go onto the air, walked by the studio, swung the door open to interrupt me just for the hell of it. That's just how white folks will do you. But I, I, you know what? I did get a kick out of it because I come from a world of broken plays. Driving a cab, things always go wrong. You know, you're in a traffic jam, a fire truck needs to get through, or there's a mariachi band getting in a fist fight in the back seat. You know, I've had a woman get in with two sock puppets on her hands and yell at me. Nothing ever goes the way you expect it to when you're driving a cab. Uh, and it's great preparation for live comedy, which has become great preparation for live radio. So if you are out in Fort Wayne, Indiana this weekend, you can see me at the Summit City Comedy Club Friday night, Saturday night. Tickets for that at SummitCityComedy.com. Of course, the big, the big laughs uh, were dished out yesterday at the White House by the Biden administration that – was basically spiking the football on behalf of a straw man victory in that marriage is already legal in this country and it wasn't in any threat whatsoever of becoming illegal. Tell them like it is. So they went out there and passed this just so they could have a big pride rally on the White House lawn 
and then gaslight the country. Oh, LGBTQ people are under attack. Nobody is attacking these people. Yes, we do have issues with you telling us there are no biological differences between men and women because even a two-year-old knows that there are. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But part of the problem with this White House is it's a never-ending gaslighting of the country. You know, they're fascists. If they, you know, if they limit abortion rights, they want to kill women. They always take, you know, some bastardized interpretation of a Republican position and reapportion it with a totally different meaning. That was the Florida bill, the Parental Rights and Education bill. Ron DeSantis passed a six-page bill that made it illegal to teach kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade anything about sex. Never said the word gay in the bill once. The Democrats still call it all over the media right now at this very hour, the don't say gay bill. Democrats are so full of crap. And in this instance, they passed a bill yesterday piggybacking off... Their own lie. That was absolutely dreadful. That's what this was about. And they told additional lies in the process. So let's start here with a quick trip down memory lane. Corrine Jean-Pierre, your diversity hire at the White House. Lovely woman. I met her at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I have nothing bad to say about her other than the fact that she's just terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible at her job. I agree with that. Here she is telling uh, the assembled media yesterday... Well, Joe Biden has always been an ally to the gay community. Here it is, clip three. And that is something uh, that, again, he said 10 years ago when many people were not saying that, many people in his position. And he has always been an ally. Uh, I think I speak for many of us at the White House today that we could not be prouder to be working for this administration, uh, to be working for this particular president. You're alive. Okay, so here is Joe Biden at a 2008 vice presidential debate. Always being an ally. Clip four. Let's try to avoid nuance, Senator. Do you support gay marriage? No. Barack Obama nor I support redefining from from a civil side what constitutes marriage. We do not support that. That is basically a decision to be able to be left to the faith and people who practice their faith determination what you call it. Does that sound like a man who's always been an ally to gay marriage? The answer would be no. Okay, well, let's give it another shot because it's not the only time he's spoken about gay marriage. Maybe maybe this clip will demonstrate the actions, the desires of a man who has always been an ally to gay marriage. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? So uh, I guess we have some issues. (laughs) No, there's no issue, because we're living in the death of shame. There's Biden as a senator. There's Biden as a vice presidential nominee. Flat out saying, hell no. Marriage between a man and a woman. Ain't nobody got time for that. Now, to be clear, I don't really care who gets married. Okay. Two people love each other. They want to get married. You can't make an argument that straight people are doing a great job with the institution of marriage. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh 
I, it, seriously, I mean, in all in all honesty, I happen to be blessed of a great woman in my life. She has made me an infinitely better man, and I thank God every second of the day that I found Jenny Fallon. Okay, but the bottom line is, you know, this it's a long season. Not everybody goes undefeated. Okay, you don't all get a Jenny Fallon, uh, or heaven forbid, a Jimmy Fallon, which I wouldn't wish on anybody. And I think Jenny would agree with that <laughs> wholeheartedly. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, but this idea. That they got out there yesterday, spiked the, you know, again, the spike in the football, it's a straw man victory. Marriage was not in danger, like a marriage of being repealed. I don't doubt there are plenty of people who oppose it, mainly just because they want gay people to be happy. <laughs> We're just looking out for you, man. But no, stick with me. They weren't about to repeal this. It wasn't under attack in any particular conservative state or institution. This was just them out there again pretending to protect voters from some type of a made-up boogeyman. Do you know how, like, after January 6th, it went from, hey, that was really bad and rowdy and terrible and it shouldn't have went on, to it was now a white supremacist coup to overthrow our government, a bunch of chunky middle-aged people with no weapons, led by one guy who happened to be wearing, like, a Chewbacca bikini? Okay, they weren't overthrowing the government. That wasn't the point that day. It wasn't going to end with a President Chewbacca. Okay, but they repurposed it as such and then spent the ensuing year, if you remember, they made our military stand down so they could inspect the white supremacy in the ranks, our men and women, the people who put on the uniform who, oh, by the way, are in a field that does not allow for discrimination. You're never going to be on a battlefield and say, cover me, I'm going in, except you people. Correct the mundo. That's not going to happen. All right, I'm going in. I'm making a charge. I want everybody shooting me, you know, get my back, shoot up for me, make sure I'm safe. But not you people. I don't like you people. There is no room for discrimination on a battlefield. Okay, yet they still did this. They still demeaned our troops. As they're still demeaning our society. And pretending everybody's under attack, we're taking away the laws. Here's one more Corrine Jean-Pierre, just laughable lie about extreme conservatives looking to take away rights and attack LGBTQIA plus people. Listen to this, clip five. Look, we understand in spite of uh, this important legislation, it is also true that there are extremist uh, conservatives who appear bent on uh, taking away fundamental rights, including marriage equality. Uh, this bill provides an important measure uh, of security and state stability for LGBTQI plus families, but their children should should uh, uh, should should see should also will also get the the attacked right as we know. Um, sadly, and their uh, legal tax on marriage equality will continue to persist. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Does anybody have this data on all these LGBTQIA plus people getting attacked? The answer would be no. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Put up or shut up. All the Democrats do is pound the table. Okay, conservatives don't hate anything except running out of beer. Okay, we really don't like that. Okay, yes, people do actually want their guns in religion, as Barack Obama <laughs> once famously said. Don't be thick, all right? <laughs> they cling to guns and religion. No, no, we cling to our God-given rights, our freedoms to protect ourselves against the tyrannical government. And yes, we are humble servants of a higher power. 
because we're living our lives with a greater good in mind in hopes that there'll be a payoff at the end. That's what we believe. That doesn't make us bad people. Making up the fact that we want to attack anybody whose orientation isn't ours, that makes you a bad person. You're gaslighting society. Here is Biden talking about how, oh, person shouldn't be married in the morning and are thrown out of a restaurant during the day. This is bananas. It's not happening. Clip two. Justice Thomas went even further, and he wrote the following quote. We should reconsider all the court's substantive due process presidents, including Griswold, Lawrence, Obergefell. That means he thinks we should reconsider whether you've got the right access to contraception. And yes, we should reconsider whether you have the right to marry who you love. And that's not only the challenge ahead. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. This guy's a serious ass. Folks, is anyone getting thrown out of a restaurant for being gay? It doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. That whole straw man argument is based around a religious bakery that didn't want to bake a cake for religious beliefs. They didn't say, screw you, I hope you die. They didn't violently throw them out of the bakery. Okay, but it is curious that whenever a Christian bakery takes a stance like this, the government comes in guns blazing, double-barreled. Okay, do you think they would ever take this position on, oh, I don't know, a Muslim belief? The answer would be no. Okay, and again, I'm not trying to start a holy war here. Everybody should be entitled to believe whatever the hell they want. That's the whole point of America. Okay, but we are denying people their religious freedom. Okay, when we do say you've got to go this way whether you want to or not in your religion. But when Biden starts talking about Clarence Thomas and they're going to repeal interracial marriage, uh, Clarence Thomas is in an interracial marriage. Oh, wow. That's how big of a straw man argument this is. The whole thing is stupid. But why is it there? Why is it happening? Why are we picking this pretend battle and having a pride parade up and down the White House lawn, which, again, is fine? Although I got to be honest, most people didn't know that that's what was going on. They saw the drag queens and they thought they were just watching a kindergarten class. What the hell is the world coming to? Nothing good if we leave these idiots in charge. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on a big Wednesday. 
We got my man Byron Donalds coming by from the great state of Florida. Emily Campagna is going to be here as well. Right now, we're just throwing challenge flags left and right. Here is Biden talking about protecting children. Now, understand in the Democratic vernacular, protecting children means enabling them to get gender, uh, excuse me, puberty blockers, hormone treatment, and oh, I don't know, chop off their junk at an age when they're not even old enough to get a tattoo. I mean, this is bad stuff. Clip one. We need to challenge the hundreds of callous, cynical laws introduced in the states targeting transgender children, terrifying families, and criminalizing doctors who give children the care they need. We have to protect these children so they know they're loved and we will stand up for them and say they can seek for themselves. I mean, come on, man. Seriously. That was embarrassing. Of course we need to protect our children. Okay, you want to know how you really protect them? They're like, we're going to be honest about this. We're not talking about being politicians. Anybody out there who's ever raised a kid will tell you, if you were paying attention to your kid, uh, you know you raised a million versions of the same kid. Kid had favorite foods for three weeks, favorite toys, favorite songs, favorite games, words in their vocabulary rapidly changing. Okay, if you want to protect kids, you don't empower them to make long-term decisions about their health and their bodies that involve life-altering plastic surgery at a time when their preferences are changing every fifth day. He knows what he's talking about. But again, what the Democrats do now, this is the world we live in. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. Okay, what the Democrats do now is they repurpose any type of disagreement as an attack, as a call to violence. As if Republicans who don't want kids chopping off their junk are going around beating up the kids that do. Do you understand? That's not happening. Thankfully, that's that's not a thing. That's not an issue for our society. And I am happy for that. Okay, you don't want violence in any shape or form. But you realize what they're doing is almost trying to stoke it. In that they ramp up, they're so, you know, first they were fascists, then they were Jim Crow on steroids, then they wanted to kill women who needed abortions. Now they're attacking your children. Do you understand? Every time the Democrats lecture you about extreme rhetoric, understand that a man listened to that rhetoric. Now his actions were his own, okay? I do not put the responsibility for someone's actions on anyone else but them. But never forget that a Bernie Sanders campaign worker shot up a Republican baseball practice in Congress. After working on Bernie's campaign and seeing Bernie and the Democrats call Trump Hitler and understand that 30 percent of the Democrats in Congress did not attempt Trump's inauguration because the election was stolen by Trump, the Nazi, and his partner, Vladimir Putin. They didn't even go to the guy's election. They spent three years calling him an illegitimate president. Somewhere along the line, a Bernie Sanders supporter shot up a group of Republicans. So when you talk about this vile rhetoric having consequences, it does. Okay, on both sides, to be clear, I'm not giving anybody a free pass. But the point is, it's only evil if Republicans say something about the other side of the aisle. You know, Democrats can get up there and say Republicans want to kill your children. Republicans are Jim Crow on steroids, which is especially laughable, because if you know anything about Jim Crow, then, you know, Jim Crow came from the Democratic Party. Bingo. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Final show of the week in New York. 
is tomorrow. Uh, and then we head out to Fort Wayne, Indiana. We'll be at the Summit City Comedy Club. I've been told Jenny Fail is coming with me, but you know, it's, you know, she's touch and go. You never know what Jenny's going to be up to. Uh, but we're working this out right now. Got a little bit of a drive ahead of us. Got a couple of TV appearances to get to. And, of course, a phone call from my man Alex, who is out in Brooklyn, New York. Yo, Alex! I'm the, uh, I, Alex. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks, Jimmy, for thanking the call. Um, you were talking about how the Democrats caused crime to go up in this country by the rhetoric that they're putting out there. Um, and there's another point that I, I wanted to say here. The, the Democrats also caused crime to go up. And they're help, they help the criminals with the mask mandates that they normalize the wearing of masks. Up until COVID, the criminals were afraid to wear a mask because they looked suspicious when they went out with a mask. But now with it being normalized and it's a normal thing to walk around with a mask, they walk around with it. You can't recognize who they are from the cameras. And <laughs> last year we had the shooting at the train station here in New York. And yeah. um, not last year, a couple of months ago. And they couldn't recognize who it was till a day later. Because he was wearing the mask. And last week I had a bike stolen. Yeah. And I looked at the footage and the cameras and I showed it to the cops and they said they couldn't recognize him because he was wearing a COVID mask. Yeah. And if uh, not for these mandates, I don't know if he would have worn the mask so that he shouldn't look suspicious when he goes and takes my bike. And at 12 o'clock, in the middle of the day, it wasn't even, dur- it wasn't even during the night. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy talk, man. Uh, it's funny. I had tweeted something about this like a year ago about how when I was a little kid, if you walked into a bank with a mask on, everybody ran for their life. Now you walk into a bank without a mask and everybody runs for their life. It's kind of bananas. <laughs> it's kind of backwards. Yeah. Uh, but Yep. The mask, this is the biggest thing for me with the mask, okay? Because I have heard those stories. You know, my brother worked, you know, as that longtime NYPD cop. Uh, both of my brothers are NYPD cops. Um, I, I have heard about the identification process becoming infinitely harder because of the mask. Uh, have you seen the other phenomenon, though, which getting past that, uh, is the people that are still driving around with masks on in their cars. Yeah, that's crazy. The, only, the 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 other people that are happy about these mask mandates, I think, are the not good looking people. They can still wear it for a couple of months, and you can see their eyes as long as their eyes aren't you know looking too bad. They they're going around wearing it. Listen, everybody, everybody knows a person that they met during the pandemic that they thought was much better looking than they were before the masks came off. And if you don't know somebody yeah. like that, that means you were the person that somebody else considered much better looking than they were with the mask on. Yep. Al- Fine it'd be intel. some kind of mask. Yeah, it'd be some kind of mask that you put in the stomach, you know, to cover up all the fat. But they, they don't have that. Uh, I think a lot of us would be happier, including me, a little bit. I'm all right, overweight. I'll, I'll send you a pair of spanks for the holidays. Good stuff, Alex. You're the best. There he goes. No, I do remember Lincoln talked about that on this show because my son Lincoln, you know, he spent half of sixth grade and basically all of seventh grade masked up in his classroom. That's what they had them doing. They were either at home or they were in school three days a week with masks on. That's not right. No, it wasn't right. But they did get the comedy of eventually removing the masks. You know, and if you remember, Lincoln saw a lot of girls at school with the masks on and was like, hubba, hubba. But then the masks came off and he was, But stick with me because we're not talking masks. Uh, We're talking about Joe Biden. Uh, Why? Because there was a new campaign commercial out. This is kind of funny stuff. I wanted to segue for a minute. You know, Biden's catching a lot of heat. Yes, they had their big ceremony yesterday at the White House. They codified gay marriage, which, oh, by the way, was in no danger of being taken off the books. This was the stupidest thing in the world. But they got out there and they sold fake oppression. Yay. Party on the White House lawn. That's what they did. Here's a newsflash. You live in this country. You believe anything. 
You identify as anything. You date anything. You marry anything. You are not oppressed if those are your beliefs here. Okay, comparative to the rest of the world, we are the, the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet. Okay, gay people aren't oppressed here. It's a joke. The struggle is over. They're accepted everywhere in mainstream society. You can't get a job anywhere in America if you walk in the door and go, I don't like those people. You're not getting the job. doesn't matter who those people happen to be. Gay people, trans people, black people, and any ethnicity. You can't walk in the door and say you hate them. There has never been a more tolerant time to be alive than right now. But a lot of people want to piggyback off of the valiant efforts made to get us to a civil rights era, to get us to an era where gay people did feel tolerated and included in our society because they very much deserve to be. Okay, but we're there. We're way past the struggle now. This is all straw man embarrassing stuff. Okay, they were, you know, Disney was yelling about don't say gay down in Florida while they were doing business in 12 countries that legally criminalized gay activity. Okay, understand, there were pride groups when it was cool to call the cops racist in the summer of 2020. There were pride groups that banned cops from coming to their pride parades. Okay, never mind that there were gay cops out there. They were able to tell the cops to stay home. If you're ordering the cops around, you're not oppressed. I think he's got a point. Here's a newsflash, okay? If you had a gay pride parade in Iran, the cops are coming. The cops are coming whether you invited them or not. It's going to be one of the shortest, (laughs) shortest parades in the history of parades. We're here in Iran for gay rights. Over. Okay, and I'm not saying Iran is the benchmark for inclusion. Good God, no. But what I am saying is we are light years ahead of any of this garbage they pretend to be protecting you from. And it's one of the reasons Biden is as unpopular as he is. Objective observers who bargain with Washington, D.C. in good faith know that this guy has lied at every turn. Yeah, we joke that his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. But it's been the shameless gaslighting. I mean, don't ever forget, he went down to Georgia, a state that broke every single voting record in these elections, in the runoff election, in the midterm election. They got more early votes in those elections than at any time in the state's history. They did so because of a voter rights act that was passed in Georgia that Joe Biden claimed was Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Can you imagine? I mean, the shamelessness, okay? The shameless gaslighting of our country along racial lines. Jim Crow was an era where black people tried to vote and Democrats beat them up, attacked them with dogs, burnt down their houses, charged them poll taxes, subjected them to literacy tests. In some instances, hit them with grandfather clauses, where if your grandfather wasn't registered to vote, you couldn't vote. That was done by the Democratic Party. Let me explain this to you one more time. Okay, and that Democratic Party eventually went from legitimately oppressing black people to recognizing them as a viable voting bloc, at which point they turned around and became the champion of the black community. So much so that they began to subsidize generation after generation of poverty, turning their backs on the quality of life in those communities, at one point calling to defund the police. Black people weren't asking to defund the police. Oh, my God, of course they weren't. You want to know why? 
because they're not stupid. People realize the vast majority of cops are good. People realize you can't have a society without the cops. We need the cops. But the same Joe Biden who wrote the 1994 Joe Biden crime bill that overzealously targeted nonviolent black drug offenders, so much so that over a quarter of a million have have been freed since Donald Trump signed the First Step Prison Reform Act, that same Joe Biden wants you to believe he's always been the champion of the black community. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Okay, Joe Biden, he's a liar. He is an unmoored traditional politician. We joke about, like I said, he doesn't know what state he's in half the time. You know, I was saying the other night on Hannity's TV show, Joe Biden is the only president in history who takes more time to exit a speech than he does to give one. We have a president that is clearly not all there. A lot of people feel that way, but it's not the issue. The issue is the lying. Yes, he's older. Yes, he's a mess. Yes, the economy's out of control. Yes, the border's out of control. He's not president. He's being bossed around. This whole presidency is an iTunes user agreement. Scroll to the bottom and click I agree. Hey, we got an executive order here. So this is going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. Well, I don't know. Hey, you want your pudding cup or what, old man? Scroll to the bottom and click I agree. You scroll. Hurry up. Come on. Come on, man. And that's what they do. Hey, all right, we're going to ban the border wall. Well, I don't know. I want my nap. Hey, you want that pudding cup when you wake up? Scroll to the bottom and click. Come on, man. And that's what he does. Okay, and a lot of people see it. And a lot of the people who see it happen to be Democrats. Here is a new ad. It's a root action, a roots action ad. It features New Hampshire voters encouraging Joe Biden not to run. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Listen to this. Clip six. With his low popularity, it's way too much of a gamble. If he runs, the election is at serious risk. Joe Biden representing the status quo in 2024 simply won't cut it. We can't afford to risk the White House or a Republican who could defeat status quo Joe. The threat of the GOP has become all too obvious. The stakes could not be higher. Our ideas are way more popular than Joe Biden is. Joe Biden running undermines the Democratic Party's chances in 2024. There's no question that we have a climate emergency. It's a question of willingness to do something about it. It's not the time for half measures. All Americans need universal health care now. There's no room to compromise when our abortion rights are on the line. We can't afford to lose. Don't run, Joe. Don't run, Joe. Don't run, Joe. Don't run, Joe. (laughs) Biden, of course, responding with a scathing response. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with... uh, with, uh, I don't know. Uh, what did every one of those people have in common in that commercial? They were Democrats. Those are Democrats. They don't want this guy to run again. Joe Biden is historically unpopular. Nobody actually thinks he's in charge. Okay, they're not going to call him a liar because they do support a lot of his policies. But the point is they know internally they can't win another election with this guy. Nobody's even sure if they won the last election with this guy. It seems an awful lot like it might have been swung by Twitter and the big tech oligarchs who didn't let people share the Hunter Biden laptop story. I mean, what we've seen out of Twitter now, it's fascinating. And everybody in the media now believes, accepts and authenticates the Hunter Biden laptop as being true. Hunter's a dirtbag. But you see just how blindly loyal the media is to the Democratic Party and that they're admitting it's true, which means the emails are true, which means the business transactions are true. 
yet none of them are asking the obvious follow-up question. Are you the big man, Joe? No, they don't want to do that. They don't want to nail his nuts to the wall. They just want to make sure he's not the guy in 2024. That's where we find ourselves. Okay, Joe Biden is not running. Hannity bet me 500 bucks on the air the other night. I am going to steal that man's money. And I'm going to feel good about doing it because he makes a lot more than I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're talking about media career. Sean Hannity's like a giant cruise ship. I'm like the Somali pirate from Captain Phillips on the inflatable raft. But when it comes time to cash in that bet, I am the captain now. I will take the money. But the issue Biden has is his own party does not support him. They don't want him around. They're rolling this guy with all these straw man executive orders, the defensive marriage. It's all stupid stuff. It's all straw man arguments. But why do you make these straw man arguments? Why do you push the president around and position every political standoff as a debate over a fake thing the Democrats tell you is going to happen? And, you know, a real thing Republicans would like us to focus on. You do it because you can't run on your own record. So you run on the pretend record of your opponent. I admire your honesty. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You got to separate the art from the artist. Michael Jackson is so good, so profoundly talented. Didn't exactly have the best track record in his personal life. He's totally false. But the point is, you got to stop listening to Billie Jean. Why would you ever do that to yourself? Uh, I bring up art and artist because that fame whore, Dr. Fauci, Back on TV yesterday, and I bring this up because we had spent a little time on it yesterday. Fauci was out pushing boosters yesterday. Uh, I told you this. He got addicted to hair and makeup. He won't go away. Fauci likes, when you go on TV, they, you know, someone does your hair, someone does your makeup, make sure you look pretty for the camera. Can you imagine how hard I am making this staff work at Fox, by the way, with the amount of TV I do? People are getting hazard pay. We had one makeup girl die of exhaustion. I mean, it's a lot to make me look standard definition pretty on a TV. Standard definition. You watch me in high def. Listen, man, you, you, you took that risk. I got nothing to do. That wasn't the deal here. Uh, but here is Fauci. At one day after we made fun of him because he won't stop going on TV, he goes on MSNBC yesterday and says the country is becoming more anti-science. This is clip 19. Are we developing an anti-science yeah. well, in society? The answer is yes, the short answer to your question, uh, Andrea. But the other thing that's is that there's so much misinformation that we, we, we're experiencing the normalization of untruths where there's so much disinformation that's spread predominantly through social media that people just get so used to the untruths that it becomes normalized, which is really bad because then you don't push back against it. You say, well, that's just the way it is. That would be a terrible blow to society and I believe to our democracy. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece. Oh, you little maggot. You make me want to vomit. Fauci's such a dirtbag. Okay, the misinformation, everything that was labeled misinformation by the left turned out to be true. Okay, COVID originating in a Wuhan lab. Oh, we're banning it. You can't say it. Turned out to be true. 
Vaccinated people are still getting COVID left and right. Oh, we're going to ban it. You can't say it. Turned out to be true. Oh, the booster doesn't work. Oh, we're going to ban it. You didn't say it. Fauci, since being boosted, has gotten COVID twice. Okay, Biden has gotten COVID twice. Jill Biden has gotten COVID twice. Everything he says is anti-science misinformation. It's an exercise of projection because they're lying. Okay, that's the biggest problem with Fauci is like he just lost the confidence of the locker room. To put it in sports terms, the guy went out there, called so many audibles that the players just couldn't keep up. You know, when Peyton Manning goes to the line of scrimmage, looks at the defense and starts yelling Omaha, they go, all right, I guess we're not running, we're passing. But that's 11 guys in a football field. Fauci was doing this with 330 million Americans, and the science wasn't changing. The politics were. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. But when he says we're anti-science, he says this as a member of the party that's telling you men can have babies. Again, you can't yell at us to follow the science. I mean, you can, but it's laughable. You're going to tell us we're not following the science as the people that have been right on every issue. Okay, natural immunity to this day is the best protection against COVID you can have. Did Fauci incorporate national immunity into his inoculation requirements when they passed a federal mandate? The answer would be no. Of course not. Never mind that the federal mandate was a mandate he said you'd never have to begin with. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Of course, what did he do? Oh, I don't know. A little bit less than a month after saying that, passed a vaccine mandate. The problem is not anti-science. The problem is anti-Fauci because he's an idiot. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa, here we go. Here we go. It is a big hour of Fox Across America. You're home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. Jimmy Fallon at the helm. Going to be joined in this hour by a Florida congressman by the name of Byron Donalds. He hails from the 19th Congressional District. He's as much fun as anybody I get to have on the radio, but more importantly, like myself, he's honest with you. It's a key component to have in this day and age when everybody in the world of politics is a self-serving, bottom-feeding jackass and is just saying, you know, go along to get along. We want to keep you happy. We want to remain in power. But we don't really want to follow through on any of the things that will take to keep you happy. We just want to remain in power. Uh, That's politics in the year 2022. Everybody is so brazenly in it for themselves that we don't have a lot of guys in Washington right now that are really fighting, you know, battles that need to be fought. I consider Byron Donalds one of those guys who's out asking very difficult questions of his own party. A guy who is yelling and screaming about the border, a guy who is yelling and screaming about spending and Republicans latching on to omnibus spending bills and unaudited $20 billion Venmos to Ukraine. Okay, BD, to his credit, is trying to fight the good fight. And understand, it's a fight that needs fighting. Inflation is terrible. And it's not just a Republican thing, even on the Democratic side. No Democratic parent should have to choose between feeding their child or taking them to a drag show. Come on, man, get it together. 
But I bring up Donald's off the top in the state of Florida. Why? Because dig this. There is a Wall Street Journal poll out right now that finds Florida Governor Ron DeSantis holding a 14-point lead over Donald Trump amongst likely GOP primary voters. What you just said is a disgrace. I don't know that it's a disgrace, but I just think it's a wake-up call for everybody in this audience uh, that this is not a poll of oversampled Democrats. This isn't a poll of CNN viewers. These are likely GOP primary voters. Now, the people who vote in primaries are the most passionate voters out there, okay? This is not the actual election. This is the election to see who represents you in the election. Primary voters are the most passionate people out there. And according to likely GOP primary voters, this is a big sample. My goodness. DeSantis is now beating Trump 52 to 38 percent. Now, I want to be clear. This could all change. Right now, Trump is running for president without running. He hasn't held a single event since launching his campaign at Mar-a-Lago. Hasn't run an event. He's not even out there raising money. Like DeSantis, you know, has not indicated he's going to run. But he's huddling with a lot of mega donors right now. You know, a guy like Tim Scott hasn't indicated he's going to run, but uh, he does have quite a political war chest to his name. And Trump certainly has raised a ton of money over the years as well. But if he wants to run for president in the modern era, it costs you about a billion and a half dollars. And, you know, the good news for Trump is he's, you know, popular within the party, holds a lot of support amongst voters. The bad news is the donors that actually make this possible aren't really keen on him giving a lot another go of it. You know, I'm going to read you a little bit of this report just to get you up to speed. And this is a conversation we haven't had in a while. But, you know, I'm going to be updating you on 2024 as we go forward, because the truth is, okay, the Republicans need to win the election. They don't need to avenge the last election. They don't need an I told you so. Listen, if Trump becomes Grover Cleveland, the second U.S. president to serve two non-concurrent terms, I can only tip my hat to him. I like his ideas exponentially better than anything coming out of the Democratic Party. But we're going to have to do this periodic house cleaning along the way to figure out who the Republican nominee is going to be uh, if you really want to give the party its best chance to win. But here it is, writing for the journal, John McCormick reports, in a hypothetical contest between the two, Mr. DeSantis beats Mr. Trump 52 percent to 38 percent amongst likely GOP primary voters contemplating a race in which the first nomination votes will be cast in just over a year. So we're a little over a year away. It'll basically be January of next year. They get out to Iowa. And DeSantis right now is sitting on a 14-point lead. I'm not surprised by that because when we took your calls after the midterms, our official tally was 120 to DeSantis, 13 to Trump. And I believe my man Barry uh, was, I think, the one undecided out there in the audience. One, he was giving me a hard time one way or the other. This guy's a serious ass. Barry, I tell that joke because I know you can take it. But the point is Trump uh, was really on the wrong end of this thing then. And I wouldn't imagine that poll number has improved much only because he had that ridiculous unforced error where he had dinner with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, the, you know, Nazi, you know, and then Kanye went on to out Nazi Nick Fuentes with all of his I love Hitler stuff. But again, that's the kind of baggage and unforced error that doesn't come from another politician. That's always been Trump's biggest problem. Did the media lie about Trump? Absolutely. And the media was a lot more unhinged. They were a lot crazier than Trump was. Never, ever forget that. Okay, this Trump-hating media 
was the Trump-loving media until the day he decided to run for president. This guy had the highest-rated show on television on NBC of all places. Okay, and every one of these big celebrities, every one of them, the Elton Johns of the world, the Clintons, went to his wedding to Melania, the Barbara Walters, the women of The View. Remember good old Rosie O'Donnell? Oh, she used to be on The View, and she's a Rosie O'Donnell. There's a slob. There's a real slob. But the point is, they were all his pals, okay? They loved Donald Trump until they didn't. Okay, and that's just politics 101. They became so unhinged, calling a guy they had all hung out with for the last 30 years literally Hitler. So if he's literally Hitler, aren't they like literally accomplices if they were putting him on TV literally thousands of times during his reign of terror? I think he's got a point. Yeah, and you know what the point is? It's that every one of those people that was telling you Trump was a Nazi and a Putin puppet and everything in between was full of They knew the guy. They hung out with the guy. They took his money. They went to Mar-a-Lago. So don't ever conflate what I'm saying as some type of me being a rhino and taking the media over Trump or anything in between. It's just me being a guy who doesn't care if he has access to Trump, so I'm willing to converse honestly with you about the man. Okay? Yes, he's a better president than Biden. Yes, the president was better. Okay? When Trump was in office, the presidency was better than it is under Biden. Yes, the media jobbed him. Yes, uh, Twitter likely interfered in the 2020 election in a way that swung the outcome. All of these things I believe are true. I believe there were feds at January 6th. I'm not saying the feds staged January 6th. I'm saying the feds took advantage of yet another unforced error by Donald Trump in having a speech that day outside the Capitol at a rally called Stop the Steal. Trump did not incite them to riot. Trump did not say go down there and ransack the Capitol, but he did invite a half a million people to show up in Washington, D.C., and in a crowd that large and rambunctious, it doesn't take much for 10 or 12 feds to egg them on into something crazy. I don't know that we're ever going to get that proof, but I want to be honest with you. That is my belief. I don't know it to be true. I want to be a responsible broadcaster. I'm not going to hammer this into your skull so you believe it too. It's just my belief. I'm just sharing it with you. As is my belief that Trump has no chance of winning the presidency in 2024. So the Democrats aren't going to run Biden. That's number one. There's no chance he's running. He won't be running water. But number two, it's the unforced errors from here to there that have become a big liability. When Mitch McConnell, who I am no fan of, and other Republican leaders are this comfortable trashing Trump, it means he has lost his grip on the people he needs. Uh, Here's McConnell blaming Trump for the midterm losses, clip 11. We ended up having a candidate quality time. Look at Arizona. Look at New Hampshire. And a challenging situation in Georgia as well. Our ability to control the primary outcome was quite limited in 22 because of the supported the former president, proved to be very decisive in these primaries. Now, hopefully in the next uh, cycle, we'll have quality candidates everywhere and a better outcome. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. Now listen, what is McConnell saying? He's saying Trump had so much influence in the primaries, the primaries. And the primaries ultimately determine who the candidate becomes. And the belief internally within the party is that Trump got a lot of people onto the ballot that lost very winnable races. Like Dr. Oz is a good example. A doctor lost to a guy who needs a doctor. Okay, that's not supposed to happen. 
but he was. We Listen, we met Dr. Oz at CPAC. He was friendly, but uh, his publicist asked me and Mikey if we wanted to have him on the show, and we never got back to them. Because if I don't, I'm not like a shell. I don't have people on just to have them on. I'm not here like just booking Republicans, so you vote Republican. If I don't think these people are, you know, solid in their convictions, if I don't think these people are, you know, going to be fun, engaging radio feed to listen to, I don't want them on. I don't owe anybody a platform just to help them win an election. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. But what McConnell is saying is Trump had so much power in the primaries to dictate who the candidates were. And it's true. He's 100 percent right, which makes the findings in this poll so much worse for Trump. You understand the primary voters are the most passionate ones. They're the ones that gave Trump the most influence. And the primary voters are now saying by a margin of 14 points that they'd prefer DeSantis over Trump. That's a big problem for him. You know, and the bigger problem is a lot of guys who love Trump, who have access to Trump, who know him in the media and are still out there just relentlessly shilling for him. Like, oh, the Kanye dinner wasn't a big deal. Yes, it is. Because if the perception out there is that you're like a white supremacist lunatic and now you go out and have dinner with guys that are considered lunatics, okay, one of which is an avowed white supremacist in Nick Fuentes, the other one who is a black man who is behaving like a white supremacist, very bizarre, uh, it doesn't help you beat back the perception that you are an issue. Okay, Trump has had this problem since relaunching his campaign. He didn't do anything in his speech that night. That communicated to the people who will not vote for him. Understand his 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 disapproval numbers are near 70 percent. So you're talking about 70 percent of the country that won't vote for the guy no matter what. You can't win an election with 30 percent support. Okay, and I think people are starting to see the wheels turn on this. You know, I talked about this with Jesse Waters the other day, just jokingly as we left the set of the five. Um, The analogy was and this was not his analogy. It was mine. Uh, It was that. You know, a lot of Republican voters are in this place with Trump where it's like putting down an old dog. You know, you love the dog. It's been great to you. It's given you so many good times. But you kind of lie to yourself thinking it can still go on a little longer. You can squeeze another year out, another month out. Uh, But not necessarily good for you and it's not necessarily good for the dog. Trump's been a big mess. Okay, a lot of people are defending him because after the Twitter leaks came out, he did write on Truth Social that a scam of this magnitude – would allow for the throwing out of all of the rules, including in our beloved Constitution. Those were his words. He did say, rip up the Constitution, forget this rule. Now, you can't be president. You can't take an oath to uphold the Constitution if you're making suggestions like that. And I know if you love Trump, you go, ah, oh, whatever, he just talks crazy. The word. It doesn't matter. It's not about you knowing better. It's not about the people who can get on TV and make a strong case for him. It's about his ability to convince the people who hate him that he's not worth hating, and he doesn't have anything in his personality that enables him to do that. Now, people who know Trump personally will tell you he's actually a really charming guy. He's really funny. Uh, He's nowhere near the lunatic they portray him to be that's going to end the world, that hates gay people or black people or women or anything in between. That's not who he is. People who know Trump will tell you he's a good, affable, fun guy. He, in the later stages of his life, has lived a life of such spectacular prosperity that he does feel a debt of gratitude to his country, does want great things for it. He's in that old man stage where you realize there's no more battles left to fight personally. You know, you made the money, you lived the life, you married the supermodel. 
You bought the country clubs. You traveled the world. You hosted the number one rated show in television, and you became president. The dude has done it all, okay? There's nowhere else to go. But there is this nagging sense of gratitude that makes him want to look out for the country again. And I find that admirable. Okay, but superseding all of that is obviously ego and the fact that he wants to avenge 2020. Okay, but the truth is avenging 2020 is nice if you love Trump and you think the Democrats pulled a fast one. In a lot of ways, they kind of did. I don't think they stole it. I think they changed the rules in a way that allowed them to win it. You know, stealing it would imply they broke the law. I don't think they did. I think they changed the law. And I think when it comes to the Hunter laptop, it had a profound impact on that. But the truth is, you know, Trump in the way he has comported himself and the electorate as a whole in a way that it's evolved towards DeSantis. And I'm not even saying DeSantis is going to be the guy. Somebody else could come along. But if the primary voters are the ones Trump had the most influence on and they're now sitting here telling you that he's 14 points behind in the polls to a guy DeSantis who's running a model state, a guy DeSantis who as much as Republicans like to bash Fauci, DeSantis didn't fo- didn't follow Fauci. Trump did. Okay, as much as Republicans like to bash the vaccine, DeSantis, okay, wasn't involved in the vaccine. Trump was. Okay, there's a lot of, you know, inconvenient truth surrounding the idea of him running again and pulling it off. It's not me hating him. It's just me wanting to be honest with you. Trump, if you were to ask him, is an expert on everything. I do not know that he's the expert on winning this thing again in 2024. Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Byron Donald's coming up in the next break here on Fox Across America. Right now, some you and me time on the old radio. So yesterday, John Ray, he's the new FTX CEO. Okay, you know, the outgoing CEO is in handcuffs right now behind bars. That was that dirtbag, Sam Bankman-Fried. Oh, by the way, I've said this before. Don't, don't ever give your life savings to a guy who shows up to the meeting in shorts and a stained T-shirt. Okay, that, no. I mean, the first tell, when I saw who the Sam Bankman-Fried dirtbag was and saw that he, you know, defrauded people out of all this money, I was like, of course he did. This is absurd. But he had a lot of help from celebrities and everything in between. And as we now come to find out, it was a complete Ponzi scheme. They weren't even keeping records of their financial transactions. Here's clip 15. This one is unusual, and it's unusual in the sense that literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate, you know, invoicing and expenses on, on Slack, which is, you know, essentially a, a you know, a way of communicating right. for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, a multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Uh, nothing against QuickBooks. It's a very nice tool. 
just not for a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, there's no independent board, right? We, we had one person really controlling this. Uh, no independent board. That's highly unusual in a size company. I mean, think about that. No independent board, no oversight whatsoever. Yet they raised billions of dollars, got tr- all of these celebrity endorsements, the Tom Brady's, the Larry David's of the world, Giselle Bunchton's of the world. This guy appeared at a conference with Ben Affleck three weeks ago. And they all ripped off people's life savings with the help of this dirtbag who's now behind bars. But to be honest with you, that was a win for the Democrats because he didn't testify on Capitol Hill. We'll discuss it with Byron Donalds next, who's feeling a little cheated. And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fitness. My physical as well as my mental fitness. That is your president, Joe Biden, only president in history who takes more time to exit a speech than he does to give one. Uh, Joining us now, a man no one ever wants to go away. Superstar representative from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. Representative Byron Donald's back on the show. Yo, B.D. Jimmy, what's up, man? Nothing, man. Were you uh, partying on the White House lawn yesterday with that straw man celebration? Oh, are you kidding me? What would I be doing over there? <laughs> I'm kidding, man. They don't even like me, man. <laughs> do they do they call security if you walk down Pennsylvania Avenue? No, they wouldn't do that. They would just all the eyes would turn to the side. They would be like, What is he doing here? No, I'm good. I don't need to be going over there. Listen, I just want the White House to get their policies in order. Thank you. Like actually have good ones. If they do that, man, I don't need to go to the Christmas parties. I don't need to go take pictures. Just do the right thing on behalf of the American people. Yeah, that's not really happening right now. I have so many questions, man. Uh, With you guys taking back the majority, uh, there is a lot of – let's just start at the border because I'm all worked up about the border anyway. Uh, Do they really want to impeach Mayorkas, or or is there a a path forward here? Oh, yeah, people want to impeach him. I mean, shoot, I want to impeach him. The Mm -hmm. man's been lying, Mm -hmm. Jimmy. You know, my friend Larry always says this. Listen, the devil don't care who, who about a lie as long as somebody tells it. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the truth. He has been lying to the American people. The border is not secure. Their policies have allowed this to happen. And he continuously comes up here and gives us a, show, a, show, a song and dance while he ignores federal law. Federal law does not allow for what's happening at the southern border, but they do it anyway. So, yeah, there's a lot of members that just want to go ahead and impeach them, but we're going to still do our work. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be like the Democrats, just <laughs> throw up articles like impeachment and just say, we're going, that's it. No, we're going to go through a systematic process and demonstrate to the American people why Mayorkas, one, has lied to Congress, and two, is violating federal law. It's crazy. Uh, I always say Biden and Mayorkas have turned our border into that college bar that doesn't check ID. Do you remember when you were a kid, you weren't old enough to drink, but you knew there was a bar that let everybody in? So everyone started showing up. And that's essentially the border now. We're not really checking ID at the bar. And now we got a pretty damn crowded line at the jukebox. 
you basically got it right. Except, Jimmy, I don't remember that because I was a saint as a child. I was not in these establishments. <laughs> Yo, the media training is kicking in, BD. I, I didn't think you had any. You're, I always thought you were naturally smooth, but that sounded like a point, a fork in the road, and you knew which way to take, and I respect it. <laughs> I will just tip the cap to you, sir. Uh, Byron Donald is on the phone living by the adage that defense wins championships, and I've got no problem with that. Uh, is the omnibus spending bill taking away a little leverage from the, the incoming majority, in your opinion? A little. Yeah. Oh, like Most of the leverage. Yes. First of all, this, to the senators, the Republican senators who are agreeing to this should be ashamed of themselves. There is no need to do funding until September of next year. The only reason they're choosing to do this is because they don't want to have to deal with the hard work of appropriating um, in January, February of next year. But that's their job. Yeah. And that is the job. That's the number one thing Congress is supposed to do is appropriate funds. Yeah. Number one. And uh-huh. so, so to, kick, to kick that can down the road and just say, oh, well, this is Democrat spending and we didn't spend that money. Man, that's a lie. You agreed to it. Yep. Not happy right now, Jimmy. I guess you could tell I'm not happy about it. Yeah, BD, this. you worked up, man. You worked up. Well, listen, and you and you were within your rights to be because that's the truth. If if the whole point of taking back the House was to have power of the purse, why would we be doing a funding deal while they still have power of the purse? Because it's it's not it's a different politics now. Like I think Mitch McConnell sees this as what you said. Well, a year from now we can say the Democrats spent the money, but number one, you spent it with them. Number two, nobody's gonna care a year from now. We're very much living in a time where everyone's a prisoner of the moment and we're fighting over whatever matters today. But if you really care about the country, you have to be playing that long game, as you just referenced. Uh, but nobody seems to be. Is Let me ask you this. You've been around Congress long enough now. Uh, is, is the majority of what you deal with there just go along to get along politicians who just want to be on the right side of a gravy train? Is that why this stuff happens? Or are they just lazy? Yes, yes? okay. Uh, yes. Well, two things. One, you have a lot of members who are fine just to go along with what, how things are happening. And then number two, they are lazy. Like, I just think that this place doesn't function, Jimmy. It's set up where the staff do most of the work. The members go from microphone to microphone. There's very little deliberation that goes on. And most of the stuff comes out of, what, you know, the, the, you know, the four horsemen, if you will, the speaker, the, the minority leader, the Senate president, and the minority leader in the Senate. And that's what happens here. And it's really unfortunate. I tell people all the time, your member of Congress actually is not legislating. They just show up and vote when the vote bells ring here in this place. (laughs) It makes no sense at all. Um, And so that's why, you know, I'm one who believes that there have to be serious changes in the way this place operates because it doesn't function where the American people are getting their full representation that they deserve. Yeah, I, I listen, I would agree with you. Byron Donalds is on the line from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. My question is, as a younger guy, okay, yeah. who's actually there, who's actually trying to fight the ground war, who's actually trying to affect change, on some level, is there like a resentment? Because, you know, everybody's at a job where they realize most of the staff has figured out the bare minimum they have to do to hold on to their job. So when a new guy <laughs> shows up that starts working hard, they like, who's this guy? We hate this guy. Is there any right. resentment towards your generation of representatives who are actually trying to do stuff? Yeah, sometimes we get the moniker of, oh, well, you don't know how things work. <laughs> you know, that's not the way we do things, blah, 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 blah. And my attitude is, well, how you've been doing things has been wrong. Like, look, how we're doing things absolutely sucks here. Let's be very clear. We're $31 trillion in debt for a reason. 
the border is wide open. Congress has not had many levers to, to hold the, hold the administration accountable. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to just pawn everything off on the president and then wash your hands of, of what yeah. happens. That's easy to do. Yeah. It's hard to actually legislate and do your job and make sure that Congress is the body that people have to answer to. Yeah. Because right now, Congress is the body that people go and they testify in front of, but it's actually the administrative state that people are accountable to. That's yeah. not the way the country was intended to function. Yeah, we're doing it backwards, man. Uh, let me ask you that. Speaking about testifying in front of Congress, uh, yeah. were the Democrats relieved that Sam Bankman freed the FTX dirtbag got popped by the cops the night before the testimony? Yeah. Listen, man, you can't. First of all, a week ago, the dude was doing the deal books uh, conference for the New York Times. It's embarrassing. And nobody could find them then yeah. when he's talking to whatever the dude is that's on uh, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin yeah. or whoever his name is. It doesn't matter. Nobody cared about that when he had to talk to him. But when he had to come in front of a congressional committee and answer questions under oath, all of a sudden he's arrested. Man, <laughs> listen, that thing is trash. I'm just telling you right now. No. They, want, they did not want him testifying in front of a congressional committee. Better to have him arrested in, in the Bahamas. Come on. <laughs> The Bahamians didn't know where he is. Have you seen this guy with his curly head? Like, you, this dude stands out in the Bahamas, man. They knew exactly where he was the entire time, but he got pinched, so he didn't have to testify. <laughs> I, listen, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, I do admire the candor, B.D. Uh, yeah. I don't know a lot about crypto, and I don't know that you do. I don't need you to tell me whether or not you do or you don't. But the point is, would you ever give your life savings to a guy who showed up to a meeting in shorts and a stained T-shirt? Me? No. That's just not my prerogative on how I do my own personal business. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrencies in themselves are, you know, some of the the technology behind some of the main ones is actually quite sound. There's a a bunch of them that make no sense at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's actually quite sound. Yeah. The problem here is not cryptocurrency. The problem here is just straight up fraud. That's what I I mean. mean. This is is Bernie Madoff. That's what I'm saying. Well, I I think he's Bernie paid off because he paid the right people. He donated to the right campaigns. And a lot of celebrities ran with him, man. He had Tom Brady on board. I don't mean to piss off my Floridians, but he had Brady. He had, you know, all all the Larry. David, you know, there's a, a lot of celebrity heat behind this thing. Jimmy, only thing I'm gonna tell you is, is that um, Bernie Madoff paid off Paula's head, had a lot of political donors too, Did and there were a lot of celebrities that were tied in with Bernie Madoff scandal. But that's yes, water way under the bridge. Mm-hmm. This thing with FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried is about fraud. Mm-hmm. He took in their money, he used a bunch of that money that the people did not take out of out of out of their crypto wallets. Mm-hmm. They t- they took that money and bought a different token that he was selling in a sister firm, mm-hmm. and then he was borrowing money off the value of that thing and then spending that money all over the place. That's fraud. They got nothing to do with cryptocurrencies. That's just somebody who is using who is misusing simple accounting practices. I was asked earlier this morning, well, what's the new regulation Congress is going to put in to, to make sure this never happens again? There is no new regulation. Mm-hmm. Those laws are already on the books. The yeah. issue is nobody found out until it was too late. And that's the problem here. Unbelievable. No, I listen, I agree. I've been following the whole thing. I just think it's so ridiculous. But as a guy who had a little bit of New York street sense, there's no way I would have ever looked at that guy and been like, oh, no, this guy's a trustworthy guy with my money. That's the part I just find so funny is every time I look at him on the news, 
Uh, you know, he reminds me of a lot of weirdos I'd meet on the subway. But I guess, you know, I shouldn't comment because my appearance, I'm in no shape right now. BD, I look like a before model right now. I got to get in shape. Do you, you, have any tra- <laughs> you have any trainers for me in Congress? Congress? Man, you kidding me? Everybody puts on weight. Don't you notice we never button our jackets here? <laughs> I'm sorry to my colleagues for saying that one. You know, not a, you know the great uh, Greg Stuber who actually just walked past me, yeah. he always walks around with his jacket buttoned. Well, still, that's Stuby though. But Stuby also think, looks like a dad in a, in a stepdad porn. You know, when Congress is done, he's going to be on Pornhub. And I don't need you to comment oh on God. that. Yes, yeah, stick, stick with your I'm media training. BD, that was America, all me. Those, America, those were not my words. I not associate <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's views do not respect those of the congressman or his staff. No, you're free to go. Uh, listen, man, uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, say hello to the kids, the gang, and uh, we'll do it again in the new year, brother. All right. See you, Jimmy. You're the best. God bless. Merry Christmas. You too, my man. There he goes. Byron Donald's letting him get out of here while he still can. <laughs> Stoopy. <laughs> and I know he'll go tell Stoopy that, by the way. It's a fun thing about our show. We're making all kinds of noise in the halls of Congress. It's what we do, man. This is a crazy show, but it's an honest show. What Byron just said is the truth. Every time something goes horrifically wrong, Washington's reaction is, well, let's pass a law. We got legislation. And what that does is it makes it look like they are vigilant in protecting you. But the truth is, if they were vigilant in protecting you, they would have enforced the pre-existing laws that forbade exactly what this guy was doing. The FTX story is that this guy, there was no oversight. Okay, we have mountains and mountains of regulatory agencies in this country. That's where drowning in regulation. Anybody who runs a small business knows. But if you're running a financial exchange that's donating $40 million to the Democratic Party, to social justice funds, and yes, you are fraudulently reinvesting money and everything in between, you buy a lot of silence, you buy a lot of cooperation from the regulators. Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX couldn't have done this if there was legitimate, proper regulatory oversight, meaning somebody, okay, they'll have you believe, was asleep at the wheel, and oh, they just didn't look. But the God's honest truth is they didn't want to. Okay, and that's where this you know, case becomes such a liability for the people in Congress that were on board with this guy's dirtbag lifestyle. Okay, there were people out there that could have stepped in and said, whoa, 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 whoa. But they didn't because the money was good. You understand? Big celebrities, Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchton, Larry David. Yes, he spoke with Ben Affleck at that symposium from the New York Times that Byron referenced. Okay, he did a crypto summit in the Bahamas with Tony Blair and Bill Clinton, a guy who also made some money to be there. But as I said yesterday, we don't know how much because he asked for the money in singles. I believe that together we can make America great again. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. girl it is fox across america your radio buddy jimmy Fallon. we're live in new york city it's freezing out that's the bad news the good news is 
you can't smell the city this time of year, and we all like that sort of thing. So I don't know if you know this, but New York City, like San Francisco on the West Coast, is basically just an outdoor restroom. It really is disgusting, man. If you live in the middle of the country, I always say this. You know, people on the coasts call the middle of the country the flyover states. The guy, you live in the flyover states. Yeah, you guys have the best quality of life in the world. You have space. You know, you don't have this insane cost of living that we do. You don't have nine million screaming lunatics on the road every time you try to drive somewhere. Do you know, I, like, for real, like, I had Fox and Friends first this morning at 5 a.m. I was on TV at 5 a.m., which I'm a psycho because I was on TV with Laura Ingram last night at 11 o'clock at night. Well, anyway. Go home, come back. I'm here in the building at 5 a.m. And I'm sitting in traffic to get here at 5 a.m. And the people who live in New York think you're the idiots. That is a fact check false. Yeah. No, we're nuts to live here. I mean, my family's here. I was born here. My job's here. I get it. I'll fight the fight and I'm here. Uh, But you guys in the middle of the country that are derisively referred to as the flyover states are actually the geniuses. The people who live in New York and D.C. that call you that. The people who live in L.A. and that call you that. They live in the drive-over states, the drive-over states where you're driving over needles in the road and human waste and God knows what else in between trash everywhere. I mean, New York has let itself go. Do you know there was an ad? We talked about this on The Five a few weeks ago. We're hiring a rat czar. What the hell did you just say? They're hiring a person that'll be in charge of a new department dedicated to addressing the rat problem. Here in New York City, I'm not talking about mafia rats, (laughs) like turncoats who are trying to make a deal with the feds. I'm talking about rats. We have rats in the city that are so big, they look like a guy going to a costume party. Like, oh, you went as Splinter from the Ninja Turtles? That's a hip costume. Then you realize it's actually just a rat. Okay, this town is disgusting. Every one of these big city blue, you know, run cities. High crime, high filth, and really high taxes. Okay, politicians love to spend money. Love it. Oh, gosh, do they ever. They spend the money. It buys them support. But the quality of life never improves. You see, if you're depending on the government to solve your problems, they never get solved. Why? Because if the problem gets solved, then you no longer need them. And if you no no longer need them, You're no longer going to have to vote for them blindly the way so many people have in these drive over states, in these Democratic run states where the quality of life is in the literally in the toilet, which just happens to be on the sidewalk. It's so disgusting. You know, and I always think back to the George Floyd riots when the Democrats started quoting Martin Luther King. You know, we no longer live in a world where you judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. That's what Martin Luther King wanted. But now the Democrats say the color of your skin is everything. Identity politics, it's all that matters. But they did quote Martin Luther King when they said a riot is the language of the unheard. But what they didn't mention is that all the people who felt unheard lived in cities that had been run by Democrats for 50 freaking years. That's true. That is true. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is, and we are fired up in this hour for Fox Across America because we got a wild one coming your way. Emily Campagno, the human happy hour, co-host of Outnumbered. 
She's going to stop by to join me, Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not full of And I bring that up. Why? Because Alexander Pelosi, the daughter, the daughter of Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Her daughter might be worse than her. She has a new documentary out on HBO about her mom, which is pretty funny. I mean, I don't begrudge her anything, but come on, HBO. I mean, really, way to find somebody who doesn't have a, you know, a dog in the fight, a horse in the race, if you will. Uh, But getting past the ridiculousness of that, uh, Alexander Pelosi, uh, in a soundbite released from this documentary, wants you to believe that Republican campaign commercials are responsible for the attack on her dad, Paul Pelosi. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Now, obviously, in this hour of radio, we are going to show concern for the well-being of Paul Pelosi. We want the guy to do better. But if you think that there is any link whatsoever between Republican campaign commercials and a homeless guy who lived inside a bus in a nudist colony, you are an actual crazy person. You are correct, sir. Maybe even crazier than the guy Paul let into the house that night. I don't know. I don't have the answers on that. But I wanted to discuss it in this hour. 888-788-9910. I'm really going to get into this with Emily, but if you have something, you're welcome to chime in. Now, I have told you my theory on the Paul Pelosi situation in the past, but just to update the record. And why am I updating the record? Because this is back in the news today. Here is, and this is so freaking nuts to me. You know, I talk about how we're living in the death of shame and people will just attribute anything to anyone if they think it helps their cause. Okay, what's going on here with this woman, okay, is shameful. And, it's and, and you know, when you start hearing things like, oh, you don't understand the Republicans. Uh, we don't, there's no link. Like when you get out into society and you're – we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. If you go tell people Republican campaign commercials got the, the husband attacked – Okay, you don't know that. There's no link between one and the other. And I guess you might be emotional because it's her dad, okay? And, again, I wish the man no ill will. But if you followed the facts of this case, the guy wasn't a Republican, number one. Number two, according to the original police report and a subsequent NBC report that has not been clarified as false, Paul Pelosi let the cops into the house. This guy was there. At some point, under peaceful terms, before things went sideways. But here's Alexandra Pelosi trying to push this narrative that it's all the Republicans' fault. Now, why is she doing that? I say this all the time. Politics in our era has become a very reckless exercise in defining your opponent. Nothing more, nothing less. Politics is no longer, if you vote for me, these are the policies. Or if you vote for me, we'll do No, politics now, in the era of social media... We live in an era of like it's the golden age of intellectual laziness. Give somebody a carefully curated soundbite that tells them how to feel. If they agree with the emotion, they're voting for you. That's what politics has become. So that's why the Democrats always run on. These guys are racist. These guys are transphobes. You know, that's what they do now. And a lot of people latch on to this as a branding exercise. Well, hey, at least I'm not racist like those guys. At least I'm not a transphobe like those guys. So you vote for people who are running on straw man arguments, who have no understanding of how to run a government or an economy or an energy sector, which is why we wound up in the position we're in today. 
with inflation at a 40-year high, the border completely overrun, and our domestic energy production decimated. Not to mention the fact that the murder rate is at a 35-year high. Everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood. But if you're Alexander Pelosi, you know, you want listeners, you want viewers to believe that people saying things suck under the Democrats are the reason a nudist hippie at Berkeley, Berkeley, the most liberal college in the world, they wanted to defund the cop and the village people. Okay, a nudist, he's a nudist at Berkeley, lives inside a school bus. Oh, by the way, happens to be, uh, sounds like a little bit of a a drug user uh, who has a little bit of a nightlife uh, when it comes to pleasing various visitors in the neighborhood. But they want you to believe Republican campaign ads that were critical of Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are the reason this guy who doesn't even own a TV was inside Paul Pelosi's house at three in the morning. Come on, don't bullshit me. I won't, but she will. Here it is, clip seven. You have to make sense with this in your mind. You have to make sense with the fact that there is a 82-year-old man asleep in his own bed and gets attacked in his own home. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how you vote. I don't care who, you know, what your political affiliations are. That's just not right in any way. Like, there's no way. So making peace with that in your head, it's hard to make peace with. Yeah. And that's why we're still, first of all, we're still under threats. It's not as if the threats just go away. Yeah. This has been something we've been living with forever. And it was so, I mean, you could, it was so coming. You know, this was so inevitable. When you think about the hundreds of millions of dollars in ads that the Republicans spent demonizing my mother. Mm-hmm. I used to joke with my father, like, she turned our last name into a curse word. That was 20 years ago we made those jokes. These ads have been going forever and ever and ever. So we've, our whole family's had a target on our back for a while. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I mean, really tough stuff to sit through on CNN of all places. CNN is the worst. But understand, oh, they've been running these ads against my mom for years. We knew it was coming. It was inevitable. So what does that mean? Does that mean that everybody who's attacked a Republican after the Democrats have called them white supremacists and semi-fascists and transphobes and homophobes. Does that mean the Democrats are responsible for those attacks? Because if it's as simple as criticize one party, be responsible for the attacks against them, then they'd be guilty for a whole hell of a lot worse than a hammer attack on Paul Pelosi by a male prostitute that was invited into his house in the middle of the night. I think he's got a point. Here is my Paul Pelosi theory. Okay, this is a former New York City cab driver who knows an awful lot about vice, an awful lot about the underworld, an awful lot about the parade of bad choices that takes place every night in every city between the hours of 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. This is a theory. This is not – I want to be very responsible with my platform. I am just talking to you as an honest human spitballing based on my time spent behind the wheel of a taxi and all the time you spent driving around hookers and crazy people and drug addicts and corrupt politicians and everything in between. Okay, this is just a theory, but my horse sense is so good, and I want you to know this, and I'm proud of this. Okay, I am sitting here broadcasting to millions of people on the biggest media platform in the world. I have no formal education. Okay, I have no background in any area of expertise other than human nature. I was able to get from 21st Street and 7th Avenue driving 84 hours a week for about 300 bucks. You know, for five years full time, seven years in total, forget having money in the bank. There were times when I didn't have a bank. I was able to get from there to here 
just by understanding, you know, yeah, you got to work your ass off and apply yourself, but understanding how to read situations, understanding human nature that informs the choices people make, especially bad ones. And Lord knows I've made as many of them as anybody listening to this show. You need to know that. I am the most flawed human being you know. And man, oh man, if you knew what a hot mess I was in my 20s, my goodness gracious. But the point is being out at that hour, driving around people at that hour, knowing what goes on at that hour. The junkies, okay, who are the junkies at 3 in the morning are not capable of walking from Berkeley to where the Pelosi's live. Okay, you're talking about, oh, I don't know, a 10-mile walk. Have you guys ever seen a junkie, let alone a junkie that lives in a school bus, an abandoned school bus in a nudist colony? These people are borderline time travelers. They're arguing with parking meters. They're throwing punches at people who aren't even there. Okay, that's the level of junkie we're talking about. Never mind that he doesn't own a TV in his abandoned school bus. But the physical impossibility of that guy getting from where he was to where he was found inside the Pelosi home is physically impossible unless someone picked him up in a car. Oh, wow! Which could mean, oh, I don't know, maybe he took an Uber, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say if you live in a nudist colony and you're a drug addict and an abandoned school bus... You probably don't have an upstanding Uber account. That's just a guess. We're spitballing here. So I do believe in my horse sense, and I want to be responsible. I don't know this to be true. This is just my horse sense from a guy who's been around in the middle of the night for most of his adult life before he found a good woman and a halfway decent kid and started pulling his life together on their behalf. Okay? Understand that. I would not be here were it not for the great woman and the halfway decent kid. Shut your mouth. Anyway. Okay, my guess is if you're Paul Pelosi and you have a little bit of a nightlife, which you have to understand, if we learned anything in the summer of 2022, it's that Paul Pelosi has a little bit of a nightlife. And he's not exactly great at calling a designated driver when the party ends. Paul Pelosi got a DUI where he was weapons grade hammered and somehow they managed to seal most of the information. I don't know. Could have been an act of protection for a guy whose wife is third in line to the presidency. Could just be a coincidence. I don't know that anybody buys that. But the point is, Paul Pelosi was a known raging party animal on the coast who was driving down, you know, the PCH smashed in Malibu. Okay, smashed, wiped out a sign, wiped out a truck, you know, nearly wiped out a building. The guy was tattooed. And the point is, his wife's away in Washington. He's home in the house. In the Paul Pelosi arrest, according to the police report, the passenger side airbags deployed. If the passenger side airbags deployed, you know what that means? That means somebody was in the car with him. Oh, wow. Does the police report tell us yes or no? The answer would be no. But the airbag deployments tell us yes. Okay, now there's a very good chance he was out partying, was bringing home a guy or a gal, was too drunk to drive, got into a bad accident. Knowing he has those habits, knowing he's a guy out on the road at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Yeah, I know he's 82. 
but he's an 82 that gets away with things. He's an 82 that has made a gazillion dollars off stock trades and has a wife who has a very powerful grip over her community. Okay, a guy like that who's at that age who likes to party, maybe do drugs, maybe invite over some members of the opposite sex, or I'm going to be honest, even the same sex, that's a thing. People do that. I don't begrudge them that. If he was going to have a guy over to his house at 2 in the morning, he wouldn't be able to go on the Internet and order one. I mean, you would, okay? He probably would be smart enough to his credit to not do that because there would be a paper trail. Okay, he wouldn't be able to go to one of those apps because there'd be a paper trail. So what would you do if you were him on the way home, half in the bag, looking for a good time Charlie to join you in the living room? You'd go out and pick one up off the street paying cash. Okay, the man who broke into the Pelosi home, according to legend and screamed, where's Nancy and just beat up Paul, who was innocently sleeping. Okay, is a man who resided in a Berkeley nudist colony where people turned tricks and for drugs. Okay, there's a very good chance Paul Pelosi brought home a feral cat, picked somebody up who'd come home and have a good time with him. Uh, But it wasn't until the cat got into the house and started doing feral cat stuff that he realized this could be a problem. Okay, understand, according to the police report, according to the NBC report, which a reporter has since been suspended for without any clarification for the network, Paul Pelosi called the cops. Okay, under peaceful terms and let them into the home. These are not the actions of a man who is getting chased around with a hammer. These are the actions of a man who invited someone crazy into the home. And it wasn't until the guy was in the home that he realized the person was crazy. He knows what he's talking about. I could be wrong. This is just a theory. I'm trying to be responsible. But the idea here that a guy with this kind of a nightlife winds up in his house with someone from that type of a neighborhood at this hour of the evening with the level of distance between where one guy resides and the other guy resides is very hard for a cabbie to stomach. Knowing I've driven a thousand people to scenarios like the one that involved Paul Pelosi. I mean a thousand people. If you've seen what I've picked up and dropped off in the middle of the night in a taxi. And I'm just telling you my horse sense tells me, you know, could have been a good time that went bad. But the one thing it wasn't, and I promise you this with all the fiber in my being, was the resident of a nudist colony of junkies who lived in an abandoned school bus getting worked up by Republican attack ads on TV. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Every time I hear the promise by when in Rome, I think of the credit sequence from Napoleon Dynamite. It's a fantastic movie, a classic in the Fallon house. It is a seminal film. Uh, You know, we, of course, broadcast on KID Radio, KIDG as well, out there in Idaho Falls, Pocatello, 
that region. Bear World. What's up with Bear World? And uh, while we were out there visiting my man Richard Meacham, and we were at Schmitty's having giant pancakes, uh, we took a ride down the road to Napoleon Dynamite's house. We went to Big J's and ate tots, and uh, we went to the home where they filmed Napoleon Dynamite on what I honestly, for me, was probably one of the three best days of my life. Me, Jenny, and Lincoln are on the road. Wherever we go, we just rent a convertible. You know the story? Everybody always asks me the story. Every time I come on TV, when you see me on Gutfeld, I give the number one finger when they're introducing me, and you know Greg's trying to make some disparaging comment about my wardrobe. He, of course, resents my wardrobe because it's not available in kid sizes for him. Uh, but the point is, I always give the number one finger. It's actually just a shout-out to Jenny and Lincoln because what me and Lincoln do on vacation and what we do in every aspect of life is we try to make Jenny uncomfortable. It's like a running joke. We love Jenny. We're great to Jenny. But just understand, she's very embarrassed by us in public. Like when we went to Disneyland, me and Lincoln, the kid's like six foot five. I'm me pretended we were like overzealous Mickey enthusiasts. So if we saw Mickey in the park, we're like, Mickey, oh, my God, like high-fiving. And Jenny's just so embarrassed she runs away from us. Or Lincoln will go to the gro- Lincoln will go to the grocery store and just yell, like follow Jenny down the aisle. Like, I can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're the worst mom. Or I can't believe you're not going to feed the dog. And he does that to me, too. He's a real pain in the nuts. Uh, but when we go places, we really give Jenny, like, such a hard time. And one of the things we give her a hard time about is I'm a former New York City cab driver. I love to drive, as you know, but I never get to because I, I work in the city all around the clock. Uh, so when we go on the road, we always just rent a car and drive and drive and drive. And every time we pull into a new town, uh, we all put up our fingers like we're number one and we're trying to, like, intimidate the locals. And if, clearly we don't mean this. We don't want any trouble. But me and Lincoln never break character until Jenny is, like, so embarrassed she'll climb out of the car at a red light and that's really the whole point the last time i heard the napoleon dynamite song i was impressed in idaho telling them who was number one and to be clear we are number one he's a lousy dad but he's right Oh, they're playing Chuck Berry. Some fine Christmas work right here by the great Chuck Berry. My favorite Christmas song, Pound for Pound Ever, anywhere, is on the album Elvis White Christmas. Santa Claus is back in town. And it's a heavy lyric. If you've ever heard Santa Claus is back in town, don't need no reindeer, no sack on my back. You're going to see me coming in a big black Cadillac. Just the ballsiest, badass, most badass Christmas song you'll ever hear anywhere from the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. But Santa Claus not currently back in town, but the human happy hour is. She is the co-host of Outnumbered, Uh, a fan favorite on this show and any show, uh, famous the world over. Uh, I owe her a Ford Mach 1 Mustang on behalf of Alan Cole, one of our listeners who gifted it to me in Oklahoma City. Joining me now to find out why I don't have it to give it to her, uh, Emily Campagno is here. Hey, girl. Jimmy, that's the only reason I showed up I was to get that Mach 1. You <laughs> teased me with photos of it. I don't want to do your show. Oh, Come on, gosh. fatso. Alan Cole loves you. He's a great listener of the show. And I actually do have your Mach 1. As a you do? Of fact. Yes, not oh. right here in the studio, but oh. it's coming. I do have it. As a matter of fact, I just so you know. Alan, what a generous soul. You know when you go on the road, you meet people that are Fox fans and they give yeah, you gifts? Yeah. But none of them think about the fact that you're traveling back by plane. So it is sometimes <laughs> difficult. So I was like, I had like, he had gave me a framed picture. I had to like tape it to my body. 
I had I was to gonna wear. say that's what your 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 body cavities are for. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Emily Campagno's back, and she is right back where we left her off. Uh, the human happy the hour. There, exactly. <laughs> right where I belong. Exactly, Em. Smuggling everything all the time. No so, need, just inside it. A- anyway, go ahead. <laughs> it was so- so, but it really was. It was that tight in my suitcase. He gave me a shirt for Lincoln. I had to wear it. He gave me a hat for Jenny. I had to wear it. He of course, gave me a, you could wear Lincoln's shirt because yeah, yeah, it's like bigger than your yeah, body. It's bigger the only than me. person that He's you like could eight actually foot wear. Three. Thank you. I'm yeah. I'm currently wearing like a sail from a sailboat. It, the people are like, yeah, you look good. I'm like, yeah, because I took this off a boat. It thins out your face. It's the new diet now. Uh, but no, he was a, a, a very wonderful listener, a huge fan of yours. And it's so funny because every, every meet and greet I do, I'm not making this up. Like I would say 30% of the people will come up to me at a meet and greet after the show. And, you know, good comedy show, this and that. No, oh, what about Emily Campagno? And the women do it too. Aww, yeah, and as I've told you sweet. via text, I don't want to tell them the truth. <laughs> I don't want to be like, I don't want to let him stand behind the magician. <laughs> be like, look, she's the biggest monster I know. He's kidding, not... by the way, you guys. I am not. I am not. Can... I am many things, but no. I'm not a monster. No, you're an award winner. Emily was honored uh... at the Spotlight Awards yesterday for all of the charity humanitarian work she does in the community. We were watching it live here in the studio, and we were like, oh, you know, we watched them give you the award when they announced your name. Mikey stood into the microphone, and he's like, oh, bull. <laughs> And I was like, come on, Mikey, just let her have her moment. So and she was mean. like, no, no, I'm not. And I was like, come on, Mikey, she's a good woman. Congratulations. That was Thank wonderful. Thank you. It was, I, was, I was so shocked, unexpected. I burst into ugly tears, as everyone saw, and then I just sat there crying uh-huh. for a long time. I was, I was very overwhelmed. And well, I will say to have a workplace that recognizes yes. that, and um, I felt so seen and humbled, and I'm so grateful to work well, here. Well, no, and, 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 and we're grateful to have you, and we truly are, and you know that. Um, um, you know, Fox News is a well-dressed high school in a lot of ways. Yeah. We always talk about that, how there's this funny community. We all see each other in the halls. But instead mm-hmm. of going to class, you know, we're running to a TV studio. But that's very much the vibe. And uh, you would be the kid in the high school that would win, like, most school spirit. You know, you'd be the per- like the mascot. Like, you should be running around in a co- costume doing cartwheels during the halftime show. Which makes me so happy because that's, I mean, the, the, that is exactly how I would love to be mm-hmm. seen is as everyone's supporter, like yeah. the person that that makes you feel better, that makes you better, yeah. that is cheering you on from the sidelines, um, and that is synonymous with service. So I think that this meant the world to me. You oh. know what else is sort of like high school about this place, and one of my favorite things is the free food everywhere. Like I just walked <laughs> into your studio. I'm literally carrying a tower. It's like a salad is what I started with on the bottom, and then it graduates layer by layer, and there's like pizza and cupcakes and brownies. <laughs> kidding. Elle was like, I made ginger cookies at home. I'm like, perfect. Stack it on. Like... <laughs> The holidays are the best, and Fox is no exception of just the colossal free food everywhere. And I just walk around eating all day long. It's amazing. No, she, not kidding. You know how, like, if you go to a marathon, they're handing out, like, orange wedges and cups of water? <laughs> when you walk the hallways at Fox, someone hands you a piece of pizza. There's a guy totally. at the corner with a granola Meatballs, bar. And, cannoli on 21. <laughs> and she is taking all of them. This right. bowl is incredible. It's That's right. Tr- it's truly incredible. That's well, right. we're happy to have you in studio, and I will ha- I will have you know. So this is what I'm I'm dealing with. I'm trying to figure out whether I should do this publicly or not. But we could discuss it on the air since you like humanitarian work yourself. Every Christmas season, because you know I used to be a cab driver, and I always feel a survivor's guilt. I always do this thing in my head. It's called the holiday hundo, where I will take a cab like two blocks and just give the guy a hundred bucks as a way of giving back. But I do a lot. I do you know? It usually costs me like a thousand dollars a Christmas season, where I'll just anonymously take cabs wow. and give give the guy like a hundred dollar tip. 
And I don't know if we should like publicly do it this year as like a Fox goodwill thing because I haven't like consulted with Fox. But you know about this. Should I do it that way or should I do what you're looking at me like doing, which is just take the hundreds to a strip club and yeah. screw the cabbies? Because I know at your core. <laughs> I'm putting it in my wallet right now. And then what we're handing on air is like a fake one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look, I think uh, party part of the beauty of that type of philanthropy and holiday spirit is the fact that it's behind the scenes. So I feel like if you're going to do it on air, if there's going to be an element of publishing to it, then I still like the idea of a bit of mystery of the neighbor in the tool show. Mm-hmm. Like, the, Well, the reason I say it is I mean? because I only think because I was watching you do that. Okay, and I was like maybe doing these things because you'll you'll sometimes post like, hey, I did this big event, which is good in hopes, I think, on some level that it'll inspire other people to do good. Hundred percent. That's That's what I mean. That's where the torn is. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if it's like I'm I'm, we're publicly doing this. People go, hey, I'm in a position to do that. I should do that, too, because, you know, like when I get in a cab, we've had this conversation a thousand times. Like I have such a good survivor's guilt from getting out of a cab alive. Yeah. That I'm like I'm giving them like topless photos of Jenny, like anything I can do to boost morale. I know. I mean, you have enough of them already, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, she's my ideal girl. I've told you a hundred times. I know. Emily Campagno is here. She just went from (laughs) telling me to smuggle memorabilia inside a body cavity to judging me for making a joke about my wife. Um, well, I choose Jenny. I will every day, all day. I choose I Jenny over you. I, I, I like the idea of doing it publicly. I like the idea of doing it in ways that people can emulate because that's so much money. You're, you're blessed with so much um, mm-hmm. abundance. For example, here's a here's a, an example. Um, when I lived in a home instead mm. of a walk up, you know, like yeah. sewer rat in Manhattan, New York. Yeah. I would leave a box out for all the delivery people. Yeah. And in that box, Gatorade, water, chocolate, granola bars, all that stuff. Put it on a story on my Instagram. Be like, great idea. I can do that too. And I didn't come up with that. I mean, people do that all over yeah. the country. So do do that kind of thing. Let people exactly see what you're doing and how they can do it within their means. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, no, that makes sense. Emily Campagno is in the studio. We're having a grown-up talk about doing well. It's the holiday season. If you're in a position to give back or you're not in a position to give back, one of the best advice somebody ever gave me in my cab was if you feel helpless in life, go out and help someone. You know, so like you might have drove your cab for 12 hours today, made like almost no money. But you give a guy five bucks on the way to the subway and you realize you can still have a positive impact on people. hundred percent. And I will say, Jimmy, that one of my favorite memories of you where you're not, you know, throwing some type of like beer in my face or screaming at me on the street corner was when one night we were walking in the city. It was probably must have been like 2 a.m. And you bought a bag of hot salted peanuts from a guy on the corner and you gave him. 20 or 50 like an astronomical denomination bill and you were like oh keep the change buddy of course and that joy he oh my gosh i have never seen someone so visibly floored and grateful and delighted and it was such a beautiful moment and you don't need to tip someone a billion dollars for them to feel that delight and joy and feeling seen but but i just will say you know ladies and gentlemen listening jimmy Fallon does this year round um, you're not just an annoying host that we have to deal with during the day. Behind the scenes, you're actually a good guy. Well, the reason I became a better tipper is I used to offer them my sport jackets, but they didn't want them. The <laughs> no homeless, one does. The homeless guys no, are thanks. like, no, no, thanks, man, Keep no. It. I'm Keep like, you, you can burn it for heat. They're like, I'd rather freeze. I don't want to. I don't want to be seen near that fire. You know. I'd rather die. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not surprised. Um, uh, but I agree with you, of course. Like, there's nothing like feeling. The, the the joy and the blessing of helping someone, but also that amplification of having yeah. someone else say, yes, I donated too. Thank you for sharing how to support. That kind, That's like 
Yeah. That's amazing. Because you know what it is, man? It's like we very much have become like a me society. But if people could just like downshift to second, you know what I mean? Because this society is running in fourth at like 5,600 RPMs at all time. Not always fifth, but at minimum of fourth, you know? And uh, if you could just downshift a little bit and think in terms of a we society, you know, not make everything about your immediate impulses, we could probably have a little bit more of a coherent society. Right now, because people say like, oh, we live in two worlds, Republican and Democrat. I don't believe that. I believe in the era of the smartphone. We live in 330 in million individual worlds where everybody's world is so carefully curated for them. But I think if you focused on the areas of overlap, like the things we're discussing with like, you know, being benevolent and charitable and stuff like that, I do think – uh, you kind of foster an investment in like a greater good instead of an individual good, you know? 100%. And I think the key to your statement was the high RPMs. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what your your gear is if you're smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. But if you are at that high revving RPMs, which so many people are, they're so stressed, and you are isolated because you're on your phone, you're mired in the digital fake world that people have created, you you start floating around. You need that anvil, you need that tether to the real world, which is human connection. Mm -hmm. One conversation, one smile, one like, have a great day, thanks, I love your shirt. You know, that's the thing too. If you don't have any extra money, be generous of spirit. Yes. Compliment a stranger, say good morning, thank an officer for their service, whatever it is that you believe in, that matters. The other day at that car show this weekend in PA, Um, speaking of fans that, that brought things, Leah Stats parents, Donna and David, who are amazing. He's a retired Philly cop. They came up. They had a little bag of gifts for me, which, uh-huh. first of all, you never have to do. And I, I was so blown away. Yeah. But inside of it um, were many special, adorable, thoughtful, meaningful things. But it also had a devotional. And that was something that I had been looking for. I had uh. been actively looking for a devotional. And Donna said to Leah later, like, yeah, something told me to, like, give it to Emily, that, that I should. I wasn't sure if I should. And it was exactly what I was looking for. And I feel like the little whispers, you know, that, that person might need this. Or, like, mm. hey, you know, t- tell that person this. Whatever yeah. it is, those whispers, that intuition is part of our collective consciousness. It matters. And mm. it will probably have a huge impact on them. So all my gratitude to the Stat family and also to anyone who has helped spreading that Christmas joy and the Christmas spirit of giving this season. Boom. Spiritual currency, M. You're yes. not you you know you're you're not financially wealthier, but you're personally wealthier for having accumulated it. I think that's what it's called. Um, sometimes I get in trouble for doing this and being small talk guy. I'll tell you a funny story. First time I flew to Vegas, I was on America West Airlines, right? Yeah, nice. This is a great one, man. (laughs) So I am always trying to invite good luck from the gambling gods. You know what I mean? On the way to the casino. Yeah, of course. Positive vibes, everything you can think of. You sacrifice at the altar on the way. Yeah, so I am literally doing what you just described, okay? As I get to my row on America West Airlines, which I believe is now defunct, okay? Uh, It's me, there's an empty middle seat, and the guy in the aisle is a circus attraction. Okay, I again, I probably my ex. (laughs) (laughs) He's a circus attraction. But, you know, those shirts you see hanging in the stores at the casinos that you're convinced. Why do they put them out? No one buys these. Yes. Yes. He bought them. He bought one of them. Yes. He He had one of those light brown, (laughs) horrific, like Italian casino button down shirts with the short sleeves and the loud pattern and obnoxious print. And me being, you know, Johnny small talk, needing positive vibes with all the fiber in my being detesting this. This man's shirt. I like the shirt, man. That's a good look. So now I've got a best friend for life. I sit down. He starts telling me about the shirt. I can tell he has really gotten a boost out of the compliment. So now we take it a step further in the relationship and start to discuss our collective good fortune in having an empty middle seat. 
And I go, wow, this is nice. It's like we're flying first class. We got this empty middle seat. And he goes, oh, I'll tell you why it's empty. We haven't even taken off on this six-hour flight. But he proceeds to say, well, I was supposed to be going to Vegas to get married today. Uh, but when I knocked on the door to pick her up, her sister answered. And she was like, hey, Barry. His name is not Barry. I'm just going with Barry. He goes, hey, Barry, she's not feeling well. And he's like, I'm outside in the limo. Um, you need me to get her anything? She's like, no, you don't understand. She's really not feeling well. And slammed the door in his face. But Barry decided to go to Vegas anyway and gamble. So I had a six-hour flight of him detailing this elopement that didn't happen, the sister, the wife, the this and the that. But what did I do when I got to Vegas? I went gambling with Barry. Uh, he happened to do pretty well. I did well for a portion of the evening. And uh, that's as much of the story as I can tell on an FCC license station. But Barry woke up the next day happy to be alive, a lot happier than he was when we got on the plane. But the question that everyone once answered is, Jimmy, did he see that as the as the breakup that it was? Uh-huh. Like, he's like, I'm single, so I'm gambling and I'm going to find a new wife. Or was he like, oh, she'll be fine when I get back. Or oh, no, cold. no, no. This was a man okay. who was jilted at the altar. Jilted, exactly. I mean, jilted hard. Yes. It was I was supposed to be yes. sitting next to a couple that would have been uh, ostensibly making out the whole way to Vegas because if they're engaged, they're young and crazy and fired up. <laughs> Barry had his fancy Italian shirt. He had taken a limo. Remember when people used to take limos? Like limos aren't really cool as cool anymore. It's like, totally. you know, you get in like an Escalade totally. SUV. Well, it's like Die Hard. Who yeah, was yeah. the name of the chauffeur? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Best limo driver of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love so much this story because the premise of it, which is the exact opposite of what we're talking about, uh-huh. is you lying. Yeah. Is you in self-service to try to appease the gambling gods and make some type of bloated profit off of your diluted watered down drink. You, like, mocked someone, and then he became your best friend. Barry, fake Barry, I love you. I hope you're still wearing that shirt. Uh, I hope you're ahead of the, no. the house there's, in your you, current game. If you saw how hard this guy partied, there's no way he's still alive. <laughs> I, oh, if I knew his real name, I'd use it. That's how confident I am. <laughs> I'm, like, you know you've had a bad run in Vegas when you watch The Hangover and it looks PG. <laughs> You're like, oh, really? That's all they really? did? Really? A lion? Wusses. One guy locked in a trunk and a mountain lion? One face tat? You guys aren't even trying. That's right. Emily Campagno, the human happy hour, uh, giving beats everything. <laughs> We're giving you the boot. <laughs> We're back after this. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long. I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The nice thing about Fox Across America is nobody ever hangs out and eats in your studio after they're done doing their guest hit. You just do the show. You're in peace. It doesn't matter. Uh, Mikey, our producer, loves sending me kickers, like extra stories. Get to them. They might be fun. Mikey, this isn't even on your list, or if it is, I apologize. But I'm looking at the Daily Mail right now, and there's a story about Bill Belichick. And uh, apparently he gave the guy who was dating Pamela Anderson at the time a hard time, Mikey, for not bringing her to the 2007 Pro Bowl. Is that the is that the story here? Yes, it was at the top of my kicker list. And now, of course, it was, Mikey, because if there's a girl <laughs> in a bikini, Mikey's putting it on the list. Uh, every every one of Mikey's stories, Mikey is the side boob gazette. That's exactly who he is. 
But this is according to Peyton Manning, that Bill Belichick gave the player a hard time for not bringing a bikini-clad Pamela Anderson to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. The guy I, was a long snapper for the Chargers. I'll bet. Uh, I, Mikey, did you know that I wrote Pamela Anderson's joke monologue for Gotham Comedy Live? And she was... Uh, she has like a voice that's from another planet, and it's the most angelic thing you've ever heard for about 15 seconds. And then around the 20 or 30 second mark, it becomes a little bit of a production. Uh, but she was really, really super sweet. And when the show was over, we took a really outrageously funny selfie. That's only funny because like she put like a sexy pose on me, like hand on the chest, head in my neck. Oh my and it was like so aggressively well done by her that I'm sure a lesser man. Might have needed a cigarette after the picture, but not Jimmy Fallon. I went with two cigarettes. <laughs> the show is over. Pay up. Get out. We're back here tomorrow to close it in style before we head to Indiana. You know the rules. Until then, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.